Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 169. Nice. Episode one of <laughs> Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Monday, January 25th, 2021. Uh, we, we won't go through the COVID deaths. Y'all know what it is. It's, it's bad in America. It's better elsewhere. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I play Switch like a motherfucker. I'll put you under. I go hard in the paint. I do not show restraint. I find shells on the beach and I sell them for cheap. You know that asshole Tom Nook owes me some money. Uh, that is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, man. And I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. Trump out of office and Bernie in mittens. <laughs> Blue state of Georgia, Q shaman in prison. Now all I need is my COVID vaccine. Come on. These are a few of my favorite things. When the blunt sparks, when the clouds go. Okay, uh, I made up that last part, but shout out Rob Cunningham at Matt wow. Demigod for that wonderful that favorite was things. That was a classic. That felt good. I mean, the, it was one of those things. hit CD. I didn't even look, Rob. I, I appreciate this. I see this happen on the Discord where people are really conscious of syllable count on the AKAs mm. because the seamless ones are just syllabically locked in and there yes, was a little sir. bit of back and forth in this but shout out to everybody but rob thank you for that one needed nailed that. it well we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the brilliant the talented joel Moni. hey y'all what's up what you is doing? up joel Oh man, it's you a know. brand new day. I was say brand new day uh, twitter has it got me twisted because they're like listen don't get too excited it's new right. <laughs> kind of like old stuff. And that's how we got here in the first place. I'm like, right. But can I be a little bit? What if I'm like 45% just real happy that the right. one guy is gone, you know, and, and it's, things are looking better. A lot happened day one. A lot of, a lot of moves were made. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic. Cautiously. Cautiously yes. optimistic. It's like, cause it's those things where it's like, here we say. go. It's like, yes, the Keystone pipeline. It's like, but what about the Dakota <laughs> access pipeline? And it's like, yes, what about these other things? And you're like, what about the children in cages that were done by executive order? You could all, okay, let's, look, there's a lot of other shit to get to, but I feel like these are the things we can also get to. But yeah, I feel the right. same way. I think more than anything, like, you know, I, I, was, I was talking about last week is like, it truly felt like coming out of a cave. And yes. Like being so used to the darkness mm. and then coming out and trying to like like have the wherewithal or understand like is sunlight good do yeah. i like this because i know it's good but what the fuck is this so there's I'm still sometimes in that phase. when i'll like have something dangerous happen or like live through a dangerous event and like look back years on and be like man i can't believe like that that was scary i can't like I felt that way immediately. I was like, I can't believe that motherfucker was president. Like at twelve oh one, like yeah. when he was no longer around. I was yes. like, wow, this we feels really much that. better. <laughs> I can't believe he is uh, ever was president. Um, oh yeah, it's it yeah. just shows so much on even on like you know as much as people listen to the show and be like, yeah, you guys managed to keep the news like so listenable and upbeat, and thank you for that. 
and while we're able to do that, it's I can't I can't tell even listeners how much of a burden is lifted when I'm not oh. thinking the first thing I'm gonna have to discover is some fucking next level of cruelty or just terrible way of running things. And now that that's gone, I'm like, okay, so now I'm just gonna have to be as scared, but just keep uh, the eye open as it already has been. But yeah, and I got hyped for a press briefing. I was like, we're having one of those. <laughs> Lord. She yeah. pointed at the journalist and said their name, allowed them to say their sp- their piece, and then didn't clap back. Mm. Huh. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Society I mean, we live in. But again. I'm curious to see like how because everyone's. I think we're all in this phase of trying to figure out what what this new thing is, our new way of talking about politics, our new way of interacting with politics. And yeah, it'll like, what does the media do? Like some, you can tell some people are still like, they can't quit Trump just quite yet. And I get that there's, he's still relevant in in terms of impeachment, but mm-hmm. like making it all about that still, I'm like, we're going to have to dead that pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there's real shit that has to be covered in the country, much in the same way. I'm like, will that same level of intense focus be there for this administration as it was for Trump? And I think that's that will be telling, like how quickly they just go. Oh, my God. Isn't it great that the the briefings aren't combative? Mm. Yeah, we, we can't get caught up in manners, obviously, uh, and have to stay focused. But there there's some policy. There's some good policy shit happening. Yeah. Just, you know, just keep it coming. Just build yeah. on it. Just keep building and don't don't. Don't make it so people say you lied to us. Right. That's all. Give people money. Give people money. Don't. uh, That was one thing that. No trick math. Yeah. The trick math, the relaxing or like changing policies around food banks. It's like, yeah, but people could just use some money. Give them the money. The money. Like that. That is always better. than like. Yeah. Yeah. We're two in the bush, right? Something? Yep. Yes. Something? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Got him. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, we're going to get to know you a bit better in a moment, Joel. First, a couple of the things we're talking about. The articles of impeachment are being delivered today uh, to the Senate. We will see how Mitch wants to play it. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about how uh, they're delivering help for medical workers uh, via technology. Uh, We'll talk about uh, a new instance of the British coal gas study, uh, the Walmart study, less refined sounding. Uh, We'll talk about the Hall of Presidents at Disney. And then we're just going to do a general streaming content check-in. We haven't really talked about, uh, we haven't been doing our weekly watches because everything was pretty... Pretty Check intense there touch for and go a little while. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we have watched Wonder Woman 84. We have watched yes. uh, a couple other things. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. All of that, plenty more. But first, Joel, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Um, I have researched every single dog adoption place in Los Angeles because okay. of the time it's kind of moved into my space and we, you know, the boxes are slowly leaving the space. Oh my, I'm moving it so hard, guys. But oh, yeah. once, once we're we're ready for a dog, 
We are ready. We've been ready. It's been about a year and a half since we decided we're going to get one. We've researched breeds. We've researched names, genders, training, puppies, older dogs. What are we going to get? Uh, now we've just come to the point where we're like, we'll just take anything. What's available? Please give us a dog so that we can love on it and have a reason to leave the house. Mm-hmm. Um, please bring something that just is completely not aware of the world into our space. <laughs> just vibe. We're just going to steal its energy. We're going to be energy vampires <laughs> right, and yeah. just really love just, our dog. You got a pile of bummed out dogs. Dogs in the back, just like, I don't know, man. I can't really be in there with them too. Long. We're gonna let him replenish, okay? We're not, right, we're not right. trying to drain his energy, but you know, just survive off of yeah. it. Like uh, what we do in the shadows. I just started exactly. watching that. <laughs> I just so watched good. that too. It was so good, and the energy vampire is so good. Oh my god! So it's done really well of thinking of like. It's hard to sort of immediately think of what a, a good energy vampire representation is, but goodness Ooh, gracious, that's they nailed it. it. <laughs> Wait, so uh, what kind of dog? Like, what? Are, it's are there is there a shortage of dogs? Because I know there have been a lot of pet adoptions in the so there is still plenty of animals available. Yeah, I don't so know why I'm like, no, no, we've solved it, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're going quickly. Like they go up, and then like five seconds later, like that dog's been adopted. I'm like have personal phone numbers from adoption people who work at the adoption agency, and I'm like, what? I just saw it. You posted yeah, it four hours right. ago, and they're like, adoption pending, paperwork already. In the I'm like, damn it, I can't sit on this site and wait. Um, but it's really hard. We are hoping for um some kind of pit mix. Um, we live in a new space. My brother's on the bottom floor. And so we're like, we want like a somewhat aggressive dog to be like, Hey, don't come in our space. Um, but you know, also fun and loving. And so pit mixes have a good combination of both, uh, they can tap into something. Yeah, exactly. But definitely sweet dogs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My friends have pits. They're, they're, uh, they used to be babysitting dogs, which I love about them. You can leave them with the baby and no one will attack the baby. That's <laughs> if you Is that true? At, that's yes, the history if, of if you look at, if I don't know if that's their whole history, but certainly a history point for them is like uh, like 18th century. No, sorry. Uh, 19th century. So the end of the 1800s, early 1900s, you can find pictures of them in like <laughs> baby bonnets, like sitting. Yeah, Yo, it's so cute. Hold on. I got to send this shit through the fucking chat. <laughs> oh my God. Hold on. Where's the link? Copy link. They're oh so my cute. God. It almost looks like you're like, it looks like the headline of like, and this child was taken from his parents. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Wow. Oh, my God. See, exactly. These pit bulls are so loving and almost like, yo, fuck a parent, man. Like, why do I have a pit bull cradling me in the fucking bed? Also, (laughs) what man was in charge of choosing the name for them? Because, like, this is a loving dog that, like, can babysit. And they're like, yeah, but that one time it fought in a pit like a bull. (laughs) We'll call him a pit bull. Uh, bad PR for whoever named them. Oh my god! Um, yeah, it took us a long time to find a place that would let us have a pit bull, and so then we were like, "Well, if we're going to be here, we should definitely try to get one." Um, and oh my gosh, they're just so sweet and full of their faces, and then when they're puppies, oh my god, I can't! I'll cry. They're so great. So yeah, that's what we're on the hunt. We're looking for one. I'm hoping to have one very soon. I just applied for one this morning. Um, no updates yet on their website. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh, getting a dog. <laughs> now we're just, now I'm just watching videos of dogs licking babies' faces. Oh my god. I love my, that. My dog went by the time our kids was born was just too old and he was just tired. <laughs> just real tired about them. He was just like, Oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> He's like, uh, Now you want to bring children into the <laughs> yeah, house? Yeah, exactly. Damn it. Come on, old. man. 
Look at my uh, knees. Well, how am yeah. I supposed to do this? Oh, this yeah. it's a, this uh, pit bull as nanny thing is like a very contentious thing in like the dog truth community. Oh, oh really? Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm, it's not that like it happened or didn't, but they're talking about like this article that introduced the concept. It's it's uh, what's interesting to me more than anything is that there's a lot of energy going into like <laughs> understanding Always. it. And then also the myth about like this pit bull that killed a two year old that was like guarding a, like a weed crop sort of kicked off this whole idea of like pit as baby eater in the 80s. Right. Oh, I remember um, that. So what? Wow. I mean, all that to say, we just want a dog to love on. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And guard our weed. <laughs> also, <laughs> good. listen, bonuses, we'll take mm-hmm. it. Do you have a name? Uh, we've been tossing some things around. Justin was telling me this morning and I was like, I, I'm just going to call it Q. It was very long. And I was like, listen, I don't care what you name the dog. Cause technically his dog, whatever you want to name it is fine with me. I just want to hug the thing. I just, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I want to flop its ears and then take it outside for a walk. Like uh, <laughs> dogs, they're the best. Did you say he wants to name it Q? He wanted to name it, oh my gosh, something after Cumberbatch, but like a play on his words. Like, oh. it's a Rick and Morty inside joke, if I remember correctly. And I was like, that's a really long name. I'm just going to call it Q. Gotcha. Okay. Simplify. Easy. Right, right. Q, because you you are, that that's something I'm sure we'll get to later, but you are a QAnon subscriber. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, Patreon. Patron. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, they were justified. On that yeah. day, the six, you know, it was, and it was then worth it. When you take him for a walk, you'll <laughs> yes. be cleaning up his Q drops. <laughs> ah, okay, oh there he is. Am He's right? back. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, <laughs> Am <right>. I right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, don't, don't get me started. <laughs> don't even get me started on this one. Uh, what is something you think is <laughs> underrated? Uh, underrated is the internet. I have been without internet for almost a week. And let me tell you, absolutely Oof. essential to our existence as human beings now. Uh, yep. I'm so lucky my father sent me a like terabyte hard drive filled with movies. That's what I've had to watch lately. Uh, <laughs> there is no streaming right now in my house. I'd upgrade my phone plan to a hot spot. That thing is slow as hell. Uh, internet required for existence. Yeah. yeah. Well, so a, I'm guessing your move, the the monopoly of Spectrum hasn't come to bless your wires yet? Listen, oh, so frustrating. I called the called the landlord and I was like, yo, we're wired for internet, right? They were like, no doubt. Great. We got this. <laughs> I've set up internet since I was four. I know how to do this. This is great. I'll just set it up. They set it up. I get the nonstop blinking lights. Call Spectrum. Yo, fix your stuff. They're like, oh, hey, uh, we're seeing you. You're here. I'm like, we're not here. I promise you. I know how right. to do this. Internet, not there. So then they send somebody over. That guy, total jerk, was essentially like, oh, we have to set up an entire new box for you connected to your phone line. Because while you have an internet wire, you do not have our internet wire. What does that mean? Still not quite sure. Yeah. But they've got to do construction and drill holes in walls and <sighs> all kinds Jesus. of crazy things. And they're like, well, we can come back in a week. <laughs> right, right. You're like, okay, me. sure. My like, my corpse will let you in since I I've like, died of no internet. <laughs> can't order groceries. What are we doing? I was like, okay, you know what? Just uh, go ahead and put the date down. I'm going to call other companies and we'll see who can get here faster. But I wound up calling AT&T and they were like, we can do 10 megabytes per second, 55 yeah. equipment. I was like, out the door. Don't ever talk to me again, AT&T. That's Why would what... you even office? I can stream one thing a day? Don't what are we talk doing? to me or my son ever again with <laughs> 10 megabits again. per second. I was second. livid. 
You Yo. guys have fiber wire cables, but I'm getting 10 megabits. Like, oh, God. AT&T AT in LA is just, yeah, we'll randomly be like, ah, we can't get to your house. Sorry. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. In, I'm in the middle of a neighborhood. My neighbor has like very, your highest high speed internet, but they're like, yeah, sorry, we, we can't get there for some reason. It's um, mind blowing. I don't understand why we let internet companies. Do I had an AT and T person come and then tell me to get Spectrum. He <laughs> 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 showed up. I'm like, yo, I need this shit now. Like, oh, I needed it 15 minutes ago. Like, my whole life is on the internet, and like, I like whatever has to happen. And they're like, yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. You're probably better off with Spectrum at this point. And I'm like, you're not even looking at the thing. He's like, I can just tell. I'm gonna have to go up there, and if exactly your neighbor's not home, I'm like, eat oh. shit. Then the yeah. Spectrum guy came and was really nice, which is very un. That's very not un familiar. Yeah, yeah. on Spectrum of him, but like it was. Sometimes you get those tech people who like actually give a fuck about their job, oh, and not to so say nice. like we call them what. Yeah, whatever it is. Like I just love when someone has enthusiasm about it and is like over explaining and be like, yeah, this is the reason, blah blah blah. But I'm glad you're almost on the other side of your internet list. Like one more week. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. It's uh yeah. It's an indictment. Any t- anytime you're dealing with a telecom company, it's an indictment of uh, capitalism. I feel like. Yeah. Just, these yeah. should all be fucking public services, yeah. you know, like public utilities that are actually done in a humane way and like affordable rather than like, well, how much can you afford? Right. Or they're like, oh, well, you can't afford to stream your education. You can afford <laughs> to like look at static documents like fuck off. Joel, what movies are on the uh, hard drive? What any oh, any forgotten Dad, classics? Dad yeah, really hooked us up. up. He really hooked us up. So first of every action movie between two thousand eight and now is on there for sure. Nice. Uh, we watched all of the Fast and Furiouses, every Mission Impossible, uh, nice. all of the uh, Planet of the Apes. If it blew up, it was on there. Uh, but then he also included a lot of like black american classics glory is on there and so okay. is the color purple and i'm like what mood were you in when you were were you like also <laughs> things that blow up but also education and then he put a lot of girly movies on there for me uh which i really appreciated my atonement is on there um but also pride and prejudice is on there which is ah. favorite movie watch it over and over again yeah, a nice a nice combination. Uh, I will say this, a movie for every mood, because there has not been one time where we're like, oh, there's nothing to watch on this thing. And I've scrolled through all of Netflix and found nothing to watch. So I yeah. was pretty pleased with it. That's some top-notch dadding right there. That's like some Excellent shit that father. if you can if you can like put a movie selection together that will entertain your kids for uh over a week, like that's right? you, you go in the dad hall of fame right there. Doesn't matter if you're three or thirty. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? I was we did also watch all the Kung Fu Pandas and all the Train Your Dragons. So yeah, we got to send my dad an award or something. Yeah. Don't If mo- most dads, it would just be uh, a series of Liam Neeson movies and <laughs> probably some Seagal in there. But Couple like later era docs. Seagal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. World yeah, War II just, in color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't understand. It's in color. <laughs> it's new stuff. Peter Jackson took all that World War One footage and made it so real. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Um, my controversial overrated that I may take back in a week when I have internet is Twitter. I don't miss yeah. Twitter. It's really bizarre. Uh, I don't have it. I'm on it, you know, maybe a little bit in the morning now. But since there's no, like, open tab of Twitter on my computer now, uh, 
it's just gone. I'm like, oh, is this also part of the lightness that I feel? Maybe it's not just a new president energy. Maybe it is also, you know, stupid controversy that I don't need to be involved in that I'll forget in two seconds. But for some reason, let overtake my life for a bit. For example, my friend texted me and she was like, hey, are seeing all this Gaga stuff happening on Twitter? I was like, I'm not on Twitter right now. What's going on? And she was like, she wore a Mockingjay to the inauguration. And I was like, a bold choice. No, not seeing it. Get on. Everyone's in hysterics. Just upset about it. Or it's the most hilarious thing. And it turns out it's a dove and completely appropriate yeah. for that. <laughs> and I was like, so this was a bit. We spent a whole day on this bird that meant nothing. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I Yeah, I didn't realize there was like criticism of her like because i was saying she was extra but like that is i thought she was amazing and like very like her theatricality is like great and what makes her her and like is her artistic contribution to the world but people got defensive because i guess people were being critical of her appearance i thought it was like iconic i I think some people thought she was perhaps buying into the mockingjay series or trying to send some type of subtle message right the like capital i'm sorry nothing is subtle with her so like right (laughs) everything's overt so you'd be like i what is she trying to do i'm like she's doing what she does fool so take from it what you will and keep it moving right I mean, yeah, her fashion sense has always seemed to be, uh, you know, the capital from uh, that series adjacent, you know, like it. it oh, the capital it, from Hunger Games? Hunger Games adjacent. <laughs> the cap- yeah. I was like, the capital from that series adjacent? I'm like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is Jack? Cap- well, she was at Jack's the capital. brain is melting. <laughs> uh, yeah, the capital from Hunger Games adjacent. I could see Yeah, it. Twitter, yeah. I... I, I say this all the time, like as I try and ramp down my social media use, like I have it in like sub sub folders to really make myself be like, do you want to go there? Do you want to go inside there? Because I it does seem based on like, you know, just all of the media I interact with on there. I'm like, it's just it's a lot. And most of the time, like I'm, I'm getting all this information already. But it's like, do I want it like in real time? Because when I look mm-hmm. at that like little icon on my home screen, it it feels like it's like a door where on the other side you're hearing like screams and like fighting and like explosions <laughs> and I'm like looking at it like slow zooming on I'm like do I want to open this door and I'm like nope no nah, right nah. I feel like getting news lately has definitely been like the Pennywise doors I don't know if you saw the latest it but at the end of <laughs> part one the kids have to choose like one of three closet doors to enter and they're all pretty terrible. And they're like, where do we choose the one with like the beheaded little girl or the one with the stabby guy, the one that appears empty, but will definitely swallow its hole if we close that door. Uh, and yeah, it's, CNN has been uh, pretty good, but they are also repetitive as hell. So that gets tiresome after not too long. Twitter is yeah. like a constant stream of misinformation. And I won't bother to even suggest Facebook as no. a, a potential source because that's just chaos. So yeah, I, I feel like lately, to be honest, I've there's so much research to do for some of my other pods that I've just been buried in Star Wars and it's much nicer over there, uh, surprisingly, even yeah. with a crazy fan base. Wikipedia, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm into the Wikipedia. Um, I'm actually going back and like reading a ton of the Star Wars novels because I want to interview a lot of those authors who sort of like held up Star Wars in between the original mm-hmm. series and the launch of the prequels. So yeah, I've just been deep in like really heavy research territory and like 
screening new podcasts and trying to see what's out there. Just I'm so much more into the work right now than I am into the rest of the world. I think uh, not being outside for so long, like coming outside today was like very strange. Trying to leave the house is a crazy uh, experiment in human conditioning. What I used (laughs) to do every day is now like jacket. You definitely need a jacket. Do I pack everything to go? I think it's like how parents feel when they have a new baby and they're like, we have to take everything because we don't know what's going to happen once we leave this Right. And I don't, You're like, well, why I don't do I have a spatula back. in my coat? <laughs> it's, it's there. Just take it. Just yeah. take it. You never know. Yeah. yeah. You do never know. Uh, I can't flip an egg in the pan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And impeachment is back in the Senate. We don't mm. really know what's going to happen. Uh, the articles are being delivered today. Uh, Mitch wanted to delay, but uh, you know, he not, not his. It's not his decision anymore. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a little negotiating. I think he, he wants to be like mid February was like a thing. I don't know what for. I mean, he's already trying to fuck around and block nominations. So you know, that I think we know what to do. Uh, can right. fully ignore this turtle fuck. So, uh, yeah, I it'll uh, you know if things still go according to plan as of right now, it would be Tuesday at one Eastern would officially kick off the trial phase. Mm. So, and we get to do it all over again. It's just so yeah. funny how like we're still like caught in the fucking grips where the news actually isn't changing, but one hundred percent this is like he has to be held accountable. But I'm curious to know how much, you know, this actually takes up the news cycle because this is this will be a thing. Like, can they do two things at once? Can it be we're covering this and also what's happening with the Biden administration going into like this omni crisis uh, right. that he's that he's like waltzed into? So, mm. yeah, a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about uh, let's switch gears to the. Uh, global pandemic that's currently devastating these United States uh, and solutions are are a thing that is being talked about and covered and actually proposed right now. Uh, we saw Fauci at the end of last week uh, looking, looked, oh my god, looking like a decade younger, <laughs> just like <laughs> just like. Uh, he was like that Private Ryan gif in reverse where Matt Damon <laughs> yes, becomes the old right. man. It's like the old man turned it like I was. Yeah. It was some. I think I also got a bit of cathartic. Like it was cathartic for me to see him be like, take his mask off when his first uh, press conference. And I'm like, he's back. Mm-hmm. He's back. He's ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, but working in medicine right now uh, is very different, especially, you know, lo- the Los Angeles area is just being crushed crushed right now by covid yeah. uh i know people in medicine who are just you know really struggling you know miles you were saying you have nurse friends who are just underwater yeah and just like trying to hear you know i have one really close friend she's like in oncology so she's not uh, part of that that effort but and she's also like it feel it's really weird for me because she used to work in a trauma unit. She's like when things like this, I'm I was very malleable, but now she's like I'm kind of like I see how bad it is, and I almost feel blessed that I'm like in oncology because these people also need help, but I'm not being because a lot of people are being you know shuffled around to address 
the lack of like medical uh, workers that we have. But yeah, hearing just about how just the disparities between how hospitals are treating nurses and doctors to how funding's being moved to like how places need to. It's it's just a really bad picture. And for anyone who knows anyone who's had to work during this pandemic, especially in the medical field, you know how traumatic this has been for people because they're dealing with levels of death and loss that are like unheard of um, in terms of like what they're what the normal flow is of like incidences in a hospital. So, you know, like there's this. whole. So obviously there needs to be a push to actually address this. And when you just read from what it's like to be a nurse who works in like the long haul recovery ward of a covid like at a hospital, not the people who are like in the midst of fighting the illness, like the people who have recovered, quote unquote, but are still dealing with like the terrible after effects. This is what one of the accounts um, of a nurse is like. <clears throat> and this is from Mount Sinai uh, in New York. It's scary, she says. I see marathon runners who are unable to go up and down stairs and attorneys unable to string proper sentences together without word searching due to severe brain fog. We've seen thousands and have thousands more on the wait list. Uh, and this Wired article goes on to say she's bracing for a surge um, of need in the coming months. Quote, the worst is yet to come, she says. The hardest thing to say to these patients is that we don't know what's going on, but we are going to do our best to treat it. I'm not sure that was ever something we had to say to a patient that science has failed us and we can't figure out the pathology. So, you know, like on top of already having to take care of these people, many of whom are like will lose their lives. They're also like in this place where like the I they feel doubly helpless because yeah. the the science is like it it needs time to catch up to everything and and it's just really affecting a terrible environment and the the surveys that have gone out with healthcare workers just shows how much more of a you know like depressive state this has put people in in the actual pain and a lot of experts are looking at 911 um and the research that was done with first responders there to see actually what effect this is going to have on medical workers long term um because they said they after 911 they found 26.8% of police and 46% of non-traditional responders, uh, like construction workers, had PTSD symptoms 12 years after 9-11. And so that even shows like that we have to actually focus, too, on the PTSD of the people who are taking care of all of the people that are dying. So that's where like the technology part comes in. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they've really found that PTSD like is like if you're not addressing it if you're not talking about it like that is a huge compounding factor and so like the more that we can just like culturally and societally just like make it a thing that there's absolutely no stigma around uh and it's being proactively addressed uh you know that that's just something that like su studies have found more and more that people who are able to actually like I think that had like part that's part of the dynamic with uh, MDMA being like a thing that gets you mm -hmm. to drop your you know social programming to and like resistance to actually just confronting your feelings straight on and that's why it's an effective uh, therapy for people who are suffering from PTSD uh, and just like societally if we could all take a uh, some MDMA uh, around this subject. I feel like that would be, <laughs> well, it, you, know. you see it rapidly. Like we are having an evolution, you know, like yeah, when the, absolutely. like even the rock is like, yo, I have depression folks. Yeah. The rock. 
the okay, rock for has people depression. who look yeah. and be like, yeah, that, there goes a man who will <laughs> right. suffer in silence and let that turn into some other health condition down the road. Like it's yes, we have to talk about these things. And that's what's the, I think the benefit now is that because of that, we, we can look at these healthcare workers and say, OK, what are we doing to help their situation? Because their entire shift is just filled with chaos. So uh, a lot of these uh, like recharge rooms have been like set up across the country. I mean, it's like slowly catching on, this but these so are dope. like, these are essentially meant to be a place for 10 to 15 minutes. These uh, frontline workers can just take a second to be in an environment that isn't so sterile, that isn't f- like on the, the midst of the chaos of the hospital floor. And they were, they, these experts uh, teamed up with like, there's this woman named Morel Phillips, who they design like multi-sensory like experiences, but have now actually been like, how can we do this in a therapeutic way? And they're using biophilic design principles. So basically saying like as much, how can we make this room feel like nature and natural as much as possible? And also working with like musicians and sound designers to really create sounds like of nature or like, you know, certain types of music that have are shown to like sort of bring people's stress levels down to make these rooms and the results seem pretty clear there there was a a study that was done and then they found that 15 15 minutes in the recharge recharge room at the end of the shift was reducing people's stress of these essential workers by up to 60 percent um yeah and that's really something that they're like damn okay even something as simple as like just a place to sort of transition out of your really intense work uh work schedule to then be like, okay, let me sort of get back in touch, like in my body, because, you know, your limbic system is probably just hijacking your whole shit in the midst of all of what's going on. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild to, to see this effort kind of come together. I I think we're going to see like, there there's so many studies that find a uh, really profound link between mental and physical health and, there's so much we still don't know about that. Like that, I, I I feel like this is a frontier that we're gonna see people exploring more and more in in the healthcare uh, field. Like I I could the, this seems like it could be just the beginning of uh, a broader, you know, like bring bring those two ideas together and get these people to redesign hospital rooms for for the yes. patients too. So that you know, like we we've seen that somebody's mental health or like how they're feeling uh can totally change how how well they recover uh from surgery so like uh you know i don't know it just feels like hospital rooms are just famously so comforting and (laughs) welcoming well because it's all about yeah it's all about utility and that makes sense that's like the framework that we've been kind of designing them within but now like they, I, I could see this becoming like a much broader thing. Somebody I think it's going to have to, because if we yeah. think about, I mean, if you're 12 years later, you're still dealing with the effects of 9-11. I mean, at one point we we're having like a 9-11 every day as far as just total death count yeah. for the country. And then stack on top of that, just the duration of it. It's just so long and still such like a long fight to go. I mean, we're gonna have to think about it of course, for medical personnel, but also like somebody was talking the other day about how they, their friend has like a one-year-old and they took the kid outside and it was clear the kid was having like 
just overload from just being outside. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of damage done to all of us <laughs> just from right yeah. from the past year. But know? yeah, four year old like covers his mouth when he's outside sometimes, and I have to remind oh. him like it's not that the outside is you know right. infected it's that you know it's but it, it can be it's very confusing you know for, yeah. for young kids who this is now like over a quarter of their lives uh spent in in the pandemic but it's uh also kids are resilient so i mean True. it's like the what you're talking about jack sort of too about like recovery and like what that environment is for someone's physical because like we've uh since the beginning of like the lockdown We've read stories about how like being in nature has like helped people's stress levels or ha perceived happiness levels just by being out there and like, OK, but it's like it's like we're fast approaching like a field of study. And I'm sure this already exists. So science, I can't even shame me in my mentions, but like <laughs> it's like the like vibeology, you know right. what I mean? We're like totally. you can say like that there's this thing that seems intangible, but people can perceive or it's like, oh, this feel this. Oh, wow. This feels good. Or like this room feels nice or whatever that yeah. we're like having to be like, how can we we need to harness the power of the vibes to heal? <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, that was one of the things that Fauci was saying is that it's all about vibes, man. Yeah. At the uh, press conference. More so than masks. Yeah. He was, saying, yeah. he was pretty <laughs> clearly high. He was. Very, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. I mean, those his fucking pupils look like dinner plates. I was like, okay, my man. But <laughs> dipped yeah, into that I molly. Mean, <laughs> music therapy. It, it's obviously you know it, there's a I think stigma around things like vibes, and uh, you know that's why we're so uh, you know far behind with regards to <laughs> unifying mental and physical health. Uh, but and also the brain is just a complete mystery. So. Uh, it's a it's an uphill battle, but I do think it it is a frontier of medicine that uh people will be more and more open to hopefully, uh, I'm by necessity. You the know? new quack doctors or vibologists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see it. All right, let's talk about uh my favorite subject. It's not really my favorite subject, but I get I get a lot of shit from bringing it up all the time. The British coal gas study, uh, which found that basically giving people access to uh, or taking away their access to, um, you know, methods of suicide actually affects whether people kill themselves. That's not a thing that like where there's a will, there's a way it's it's named after the fact that they changed the type of gas that was used in British uh, ovens in uh, the 20th century. And once the method of putting your, sticking your head in an oven was no longer lethal, uh, the British suicide rate dropped by like a third uh, because that's how a third of people were killing themselves. They just had a, a, a box they could stick their head in uh, that would end their life. And so that was once that went away, uh, people stopped it, just the suicides went away as opposed to people finding a different way. Um, so there's more evidence on, I usually bring this up in relation to gun control and there's now uh, very specific evidence that uh, proves that that is uh, valid, that that's, you know, a lot of people bring it up. I don't, I don't just bring it up, but a lot of people bring it up in relation to gun control and uh, new research has showed that a temporary decision by Walmart to stop selling firearms uh, reduced the suicide rate by 3.3 to 7.5% in counties wow. 
uh, with Walmart stores, uh, which was an estimated 5,000 to 11,000 lives saved or 5,000 to close to 12,000 lives saved. And so, you know, this is just one of those things that it seems like, it seems to me like the most straightforward case for gun control is like, (laughs) there are lives that are being lost explicitly because people are allowed to have guns in their house. Yeah, but how much did Walmart profits fall mm-hmm. at that time? Right. But beyond even that, Miles, like the so many people when the pandemic were like, well, people die. What can you do? They're gonna die. <laughs> that, like it's gonna be a lot of that same energy. Like if you're things I've actually heard about, if you're stupid enough to take your own life and maybe you deserve to die. These just callous yeah, and completely right. uncaring about like well, you know, some people are sick and need help, and it, you could we could easily j- give that to them as we could have gotten. Like it's pr- pretty much the same amount of effort goes yeah. into like helping somebody as it does to just be like, well, you're on your own, buddy. Yeah, oh, crazy. comparing it to like ment- like the connection between mental and physical health, it's like if getting a fever killed you, if you are going through a particularly difficult period of time and you have access to something that. Uh, you know, you're mentally, you're not well, and you have access to something that locks that feeling in like that. It's the same. It's like, you know, that that idea that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem is, I think, an important, like, it's kind of a quippy thing. But it's also like these statistics bear out that that ends up being what it is a lot of the time. Like, and, you know, there have been uh, longitudinal studies of people who jump off the uh, Golden Gate Bridge and survive and I th- there's like I think 90 something percent uh, of them mm-hmm. go on to not kill themselves. They go yeah. on to live normal lives uh, and so it's like the just because you make that decision in that moment doesn't mean that Two minutes later, you would have still wanted to make that decision. Yeah, the very and, just rigid view of it that doesn't that doesn't yeah. help anyone uh, at all. And um, having a button that ends your life, as which is what guns are, is like the most permanent and just the most drastic way of you know uh, locking in that uh, what is a sort of philosophical dilemma that people you know, generally don't down the road, don't want to have like, that's what it, it makes uh, the decision to take your own life. So tragic to me that so oftentimes the person would have wanted not to have done that. If you had given them another day to think on it, if they just didn't have that means right there. Walmart is just like, being you know i for most people know walmart is just the destroyer yeah. uh, of a company mm-hmm. and what it's done to just you know most small businesses <laughs> across the land but then like to add this on top of the thing about how walmart and mcdonald's like are the two companies that employ so many americans that still need are relying on public benefits because of their unwillingness to actually give people the the things they need um it's like like come on Let's Can do I still something believe now? that we're having the $15 an hour argument? Right. No. How is that still a conversation we're having? We started that conversation when I was in college. The shit should be 25. <laughs> yeah, like, let's be real. Be let's be fucking Easily. real. That's at minimum. It's it should be $25 an hour. And 
you know, the, well, how are you going to pay for that? It's just, it's called the people who you'll never be as rich as are going to be slightly less rich. rich. Right, right. Right. Or the other argument we hear all the time is like, oh, well then that will force them to like fire people. It'll bring more machines. Like that's already happening. <laughs> like okay. we already right. have these machines taking over people jobs. Like well, it, here's the other thing. Machines don't consume products either. Mm, so what do you do about that? You know, like it's like all. So then you have to you have to have money for people, whether it's through a UBI or something, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. because we're not going to some weird like the island type (laughs) (laughs) vibe where everyone's wearing like their white uniform and like, here's your gruel and, you know, go on your Peloton. Yeah. (laughs) It's holding back progress by, you know, like allowing companies. Right. Well, because we're still like it's still it's like it's just wage slavery. You know, yes. and that's because your only option is, okay, so you're not going to work, then you'll die. Right. Well, that's a fucked up. Why am I? What's this? What's this game set up as exactly? So if I don't do this, if I don't work mm-hmm. and toil, then my op, I, I, there's nothing to rely on to help me. So my only option is to be, have my labor exploited. Huh? Right. Yes. That's the, know, like, the goal of capitalism. You work or you die. Which right. Is- with everybody who is physically unable to work or people who have any kind of barrier to working. This woman who is a brilliant writer, but she's deaf. It was having such a hard time finding a job that would make any kind of like accommodations for her. She's like, they all want to meet on Zoom. I can't hear what you're saying and none of you sign. So what right. am I doing here? What is the point? And right. she can't, she just literally cannot participate in the work she's proven herself time and time again to be good at. That kind of stuff is so frustrating. Um, yeah, we live in a society where you you absolutely have to be productive in order to be valued. And I think that that's so disgusting. Yeah. And we're just we're not like shedding that like toxic philosophy quick enough, you know, yes. because we still have you know, we got to work hard, even mm. if your hands bleed. It's like mm. that's fucking fucked up and cruel. Like, yeah, there, there there has to be some like level that we can all come to and agree on. But I think that'll take time. It's like. It's just really, we're just watching these companies like grind people out to the point where we're just like, I don't know, what do we do? But it's like, well, we fucking, you know, this is all, we have to be in this together. Um, So that we have to look at that and say, that's not a good situation. That's not a a direction philosophically, societally, I want to move in. But yeah, come on, we'll day by day, just got to keep that in the front of the mind because hopefully, you know, we'll reach a tipping point of people thinking in the same way and we can start. I don't know. Maybe that's a little too optimistic, but hey, the last four years have at least got people pretty focused on shit. So there may be something to do with that. Yeah. Uh, And just before we go to break, just going back to the suicide conversation, uh, that it is a public health crisis in the United States. It is twice as common as homicide, which is the exact opposite of what people assume because uh, homicide gets you know, at least twice as much coverage when it happens. And it is that way because of guns. So it's a public health crisis that is being ignored uh, every day in the country. So, all right, let's uh, on that note, take a break and we'll be back to talk about uh, things that aren't suicide. (laughs) 
and we're back and uh we haven't checked in with uh what people are streaming what content people are consuming in a little while because uh there's been a lot going on um mm-hmm. but there have been you know we we've kind of mentioned in passing that wonder woman 84 was the most streamed piece of svod uh as people uh in the industry call it screaming video on demand streaming <laughs> video on demand i think Ever, it was definitely the most uh, streamed piece of content of 2020. Bridgerton has taken the Netflix world by storm. Uh, Soul from Pixar also blew up. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of give us a chance to talk about uh, these things that are in the zeitgeist that we really we haven't have had a moment to. About. Yeah, in a, in I mean, a normal world. Uh, what a, what a, what is there to say about all of it? All right, Wonder Woman 84. Uh, Starting off, Wonder Woman, Joel. Wonder Woman came at such an important time. Uh, if the, like Christmas was going to be really hard for everybody this year. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not going to expand it beyond Christmas and go to the holiday season was a challenge. So many of us didn't get to go see people that we wanted to see. Uh, I know a lot of people who were single and have been quarantined by themselves continue to do this. So through the holidays and here comes Wonder Woman, like out of nowhere, it's like a Christmas miracle, like something new to watch that you would have watched in theaters anyway, probably um, it was going to give you something to talk about whether you liked it or didn't like it. It was a really a moment of necessary normalness, like normalcy. Yeah, in uh, a tide of craziness, just to be able to go on Twitter and be like, "I did not like this movie. Tell yeah. me about why you did or did not like it." Was the flying? Did it work for you? Swinging from lightning? Like, oh god, I'm <laughs> not at all necessary conversation. Vital to my existence. Uh, yeah. I didn't like the movie, but I'm so glad it has that and like sold a, a double feature on Christmas. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I really like I liked wonder woman 84 i watched it after everybody had come out and been like what the fuck was that like people (laughs) were mad uh so i had extremely low expectations i Mm. thought it was i also knew that the uh central conceit of the movie was uh a monkey paw wishing stone like that granted your wish and like so very silly. Uh, it it like sort of took place. It took the superhero movies back to like the Christopher Reeves era Superman, uh, sort of level of sophistication, uh, in that respect. But I just thought it was fun. Uh, and I don't know. I thought it was also like you know a uh, a nice childish but valid take on American capitalism <laughs> that like you know people think that just by wanting thing like having a want uh driven world is going to be okay and then it's like no that's i i thought it was a good like take on the 80s um so i thought it was fun i don't yeah i think uh, like i said when it came out it's like an airplane movie i'm not invested enough in the franchise yeah. to have like a really strong feeling i think it was more just like plot hole stuff that I think the thing that bugged me the most was about that armor suit, like above <laughs> all else. And I said it last time we first, I'm like, how the fuck is that thing strong enough to take on like the collective power of mankind? <laughs> but in a, in like a fight with Kristen Wiig, who's turned up to like 14, it's like, it's just turning into like a, a, a paper sheet, but you know, other than that, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Needed it. It was like, uh, to your point, Joel, it was like nice to be like, uh, 
hey, we ha- we haven't seen this. Fuck it. Nobody has. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And not feel bad like like where other films, I'm like, do I need to see this in a theater or whatever? I'm like, yeah, fire it up. Let's go. No, no let's just do it. Let's watch it right now. Please distract yeah. me from the craziness that was that time. Yeah. It, it, you know, gosh, this, uh, DC really knows how to do a first and second act and to get a movie, a superhero movie specifically, that is that tied into like the bright kind of fun comics we gear toward children. Like it hit a different type of nostalgia for sure. button for me that I, I really valued. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, another superhero movie that I liked more than I think 90% of the population, Superman Returns. Uh, I I thought that was fun, but like it was, yeah, it was like sort of a bright world that was dumb and like uh, ultimately like a very flawed movie, but that I just, for some reason, it just was a... My eyes liked watching it. <laughs> for, yeah, I you understand know. entirely. Yeah, it's like uh, vanilla ice cream. You're like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not the best flavor, but it's cool. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then, since we mentioned Soul came out on the same day, you know, I didn't quite hit for me. I think in the same way, like it was uh, Wonder Woman '84. I watched after people had given me very low expectations. Soul. I watched expecting it to be on level with like top Pixar movies and it was it was good, uh, but it just wasn't like my favorite Pixar movie. Okay, but have you just listened to the John Baptiste soundtrack yet? No, I have oh, not. God, that band can play a piano. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, yeah. is so good. <laughs> it's really, really good. I've been listening to it like as my nighttime music. Um, and it's been very helpful. It's just soothing, but also sort of like has this uplifting. There's so many moments in that movie, the particularly when he like gets into his groove and it's sort of like describing like what it is to transcend yeah. yourself in art. Like, wow, what a beautiful statement to make for children. Uh, yeah. I liked like the main character sure. and the drive of all that. I had my issue was, um, I really wish we could have seen a heaven that resembled like a black American ideal of heaven um, because it would have been funky and fun as hell. Um, And I think that would have been like Coco got an interesting afterlife. I feel like we could have had an interesting afterlife too. That's right. It felt a little bit. Yeah. Miles, you mentioned that like when we first talked about this, that you were hoping it to be a black, like black Coco. Coco. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was, but then, uh, like, it, but then it got so existential. I'm like, okay, so then I can't really even judge it, like, as anything aside from this narrative about our existence or whatever. Because, yeah, I was like, this feels like you could have. Where's Black Coco? Yes. <laughs> like, Where is it? I want yeah. that too, and that'll do fucking numbers, y'all. Are you fucking kidding me? The memes would be out of control. Control out. It would have been insane, and the character design came pretty close. To giving us like a lot of what was great about Coco, which was like, oh, here's a culture on display in a way that's easily accessible, similar to Moana. Um, and like the character design in this is like, pretty great for a Pixar movie. Um, yeah. Just a lot of detail and stuff. But you can tell this was definitely the way this movie got made was a white guy pitched it, wrote it. And then they were like, we should probably bring in somebody black to like write and maybe co-direct it. So they got the guy that did... Um, he wrote the play one night in Miami, which Regina King just launched on Amazon. Um, he, fabulous writer. He put a beautiful, he did the barbershop scene, of course, imbued a lot of his like father's like jazz heritage into the film. But at the end of the day, like 
you can see where he got to touch the things on earth and how they left and then sort of how they left the original script intact with the beyond earth stuff. And I think they made it work. It's fine. They crossed the finish line and it was interesting and good. It like really moved my parents. They really loved it. So I I think it's going to hit its audience. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not up there on the top tier mantle of Pixar movies. Yeah. It's no up or finding Nemo. Yeah, and Pixar, you still owe us Black Coco. Okay. You do. Yeah, this, this doesn't tick the box, just so you know. It doesn't tick the box. But still, I will say, like, yeah, that scene about talking about like self expression and creative expression, I actually got kind of emotional when I oh, saw yeah. it because I was like, oh, no, this movie about to fuck me up. And oh, I can't, God. I'm like, I, you know, like anybody who has any kind of creative medium whatever they work through or like has an outlet where you can truly go into that place where you're like i'm flowing i'm mm. i'm zoning now and you can't you can't catch me like there that that's really like the way they described it connected so immediately i was like oh that was fucking really well done but part of me was like are kids gonna actually understand that this this shit is heavy and like so- are they yeah. capable of taking all this shit on? But you know. if they got Inside Out, they'll be able to vibe with this. I feel right, like that's right. sort of the dividing line. If your kids were like, oh, Inside Out, I get it. We're having conversations about emotions. They would probably pick up on what's going down here. Yeah, right. there's a lot of good physical comedy, too, in the afterlife and people falling <laughs> down and shit. The, and, and when he is a talking cat that my kids really loved. Right. I should also say I was like in and out on this because I was having to like run around and do different shit. So I I didn't watch the sit down and just like take it in the way the filmmakers intended. So I also should my any criticism I have should be uh, taken with a grain of salt. I would also say Bridgerton was also one that I was in and out on. So and probably you can't remain fully... in and out of yeah. that. Because... <laughs> There's not much wow. story. Yeah. No, it's a soft core porn. Like yeah. I really feel like I need Netflix to acknowledge what it has created. Uh, it w- that should come with a warning. Like, hey, this is a soft core porn because this is definitely something I would have sat down and watch at like thirteen. It's not for your thirteen year olds. Uh, right. It is entertaining to a point. I always expect. Listen, Pride and Prejudice is my bag. I love a Victorian era tale uh, because. And what makes those so good is like, it's just a long string of longing. Like nobody Mm -hmm. is getting theirs. And it's just forever. Like, will they, won't they? Uh, And this show is like, oh no, they will. And they'll do it again. And then there'll be like (laughs) a sexual assault in the middle of it that we're just going to breeze by because it happened to a dude, uh, which was weird to me. I was like, we have to go back to that at some point because it's a problem. And the whole romantic story following this event is now making me uncomfortable. Um, it was a wild ride. I would like more shows like this still, but maybe, you know, a tweet yeah. more thought in uh, the actual structured writing of them. <laughs> yeah. Again, it yeah. all hinged on, again, is he going to shoot the club up? <laughs> and that's when I was like, and I found myself getting mad because I'm like, I'm only tuning in the next episode to see if he loves her via ejaculation. So I was like, and then I was like, man, this is fucking. I don't like. I don't like how it's been distilled to this one thing to describe how he feels about the person. And oh my god! Then I was arguing with Her Majesty, my partner. I was like, what the fuck? You think? I mean, he could still. The dad's dead. What the fuck does the dad know anymore? I was still so frustrated by that. I was so frustrated by that character but men are dumb so like yeah. i could totally see that like men give a shit about silly stuff and people have talked about it being like coming from a female gaze which like we definitely need and i thought it was much more 
attractive than most softcore porn that has come in the past. Um, but yeah, it like it reminded me, you know, it's a gossip, like a gossip and fancy party driven society. And it reminded me of this tweet that I just have to somebody somebody said this tweet sums up liberal Twitter. A uh, best D socialist said this tweet sums up uh, liberal Twitter. It's from Melanie Benjamin. She says, in my fantasies, Pete and Chasen will have Kamala and Dougie over for weekly potlucks <laughs> that Michelle O will crash with a bottle of wine and gossip, after which Dr. Jill and Joe bring the dogs over along with some homemade brownies to enjoy while they all sing karaoke. Uh, and that, <laughs> that reminded me of Bridgerton for some reason. So uh, can we talk just really quickly about a show that's actually good that's streaming right now that people can watch? Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's called Lupin. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it. It's uh, originally a French, but there's a really solid dub that won't tweak you out or take you out of the storyline. Oh, that's so um, nice to hear. Yeah. If you've watched I didn't Lupin, watch it because uh, we, wa- we were watching narcos mexico and i got frustrated or i was just tired of not being able to look at my phone while i was watching a tv show which is not good but uh yeah i was like all right i i need to take a break from subtitles for a little bit (laughs) i totally understand if you've seen the anime loop in the third which is like very classic 80s like spy thriller that's based off of an old french book about um like a con artist slash Robin Hood type character who like steals from the rich and gives to the poor and gets like he gets a real high off of like duping mean people or bad people so this guy who's um, Omar Sy is his name he's an immigrant from Africa but he's been living in France for a long time great actor you've definitely seen him in the background of a ton of your favorite movies this is his first (laughs) like stepping into his own like role and space and he's crushing it my brother keeps referring to him as a french idris elba he's definitely got that vibe of like cool black guy swagger trying to make it in a white man's world and it's like super fun it opens with him stealing a super expensive necklace from the louvre uh there are car chases and and he breaks out of prison by pretending to hang it like there's so many cool like just old school spy things um, that's not once again Sherlock Holmes. It is so brilliant right. and funny and the mystery is really well woven. I don't like a mystery where it's too hard. You're like, I'm so lost in this mystery. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be looking for and I don't like a mystery that's spoon fed to you where you're like, well, okay, and now this happens. That's boring. It's a really tightly woven mystery that keeps you guessing and on your feet. Um, I'm not allowed to watch it without my brother. So we're only three episodes in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really excited to finish it when I have internet in a week. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. I was, um, I used to, uh, watch like Dupan Sansei, the anime, like back in the, cause like it was yeah. like, it's like the thing, like my older, cause she was around like before I was born. They're like, you don't know Lupin. I'm like, all right. That's cool. how every black person gets into anime. <laughs> cause he kind of, cause Lupin kind of has like a fade too. You're like, is he yeah. black? You know, like, yes, cause the hairstyle is like, does he have a lineup? Was he so, light skin? What's happening? Yeah. That was, I, I remember looking at him like, he doesn't look like the Japanese people I know, uh, but also kind of looks like the Yakuza at the time that had perms and shit to kind of have their hair yeah. curlier. So I was like, it's kind of in line with that. But yeah, because now Lupin is, it's bigger than Bridgerton and Queen's Gambit. Like it's overtaken those on Netflix mm-hmm. as the number one series. And people are like, oh shit, what the fuck? What the fuck? So, oh really? Yo, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This shit is, this shit is fully blown up. So I'm definitely going to watch that this weekend. Along with the other thing I was just going to point out, I, I can't, Batman the animated series on HBO Max that shit 
I fucking that motherfucker is so good. Now I can people know if you know. Look, when if you know, you know, and if you don't know, let me tell you. You probably remember when you were a kid, okay? Because it was like the Batman cartoon in the '90s. I remember the 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 season ended on my birthday, like in like '95 or '94 or something like that. I was like, it's it's over. But (laughs) watching it again, more so than like it being Batman or whatever, it was more the experience of getting back into something that I had not watched in at least 18 years or something like that. And it was weird. This, the second the themes theme music came back up and the opening, I'm like, I like my brain started yeah. reconnecting. I'm like, Oh, this is the part where you're going to see the, 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 the goons, like their eyes widen because Batman is about to swoop on them. And then it was, it was like time traveling watching it. And it was such a, such a like wonderful time because I was just thinking of all kinds of memories and shit that was like really pleasant. It's also just fucking dope. Kevin Conroy is like the best Batman voice and the animation's good. It holds up. It's, you know, that's, that's just some good shit to watch. I can't, mm. I can't recommend it enough because it's Quality also, storytelling. it's like adult. It's really like as an adult, like, Oh shit. Look at, Oh, What's, oh man, Selena Kyle wilding out right now. Man. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like I really it was amazing how I could still enjoy it at the same level. So just another fun thing to to look back. But yeah. Hell yeah. Uh well, Joel, as always, so wonderful having you. Where can people uh find you and follow you? Yeah, I'm uh Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique. It's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. Mm. And is there uh, a show that you have coming out pretty soon? Maybe. Oh, possibly? oh, yeah, you know, uh, check around May the fourth. Okay, uh, for some Star Wars content coming Ooh. your way, some uh, sick interviews, some deep dives into the movies, the books, the comics, the animated series, which I'm really excited to talk about. If you have never seen a Star Wars, we're going to start at the beginning for you. But if you're a Star Wars expert, we're going to be going into all of your favorite characters. I'm talking Night Sisters. I'm talking Thrawn. I'm talking people who have never seen a movie before. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're doing Donald Faison? Yes. And where can they get a sneak peek of what what that show might be like? Yeah, head over to the Fake Doctors Real Friends thread, and it's in all caps, Star Wars special. It's a surprise, Star (laughs) Wars. Uh, It's at the end of season three, if you're looking for it. It's right before Christmas. Or no, right after Christmas, we uploaded it. So, yeah, check it out there. It's uh, Basically, that's just me and Donald talking very broadly about some of our favorite Star Wars stuff. So, give you a little taste before the actual series comes out. Nice. Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, crap. Hold on. You know, I haven't been on Twitter as yeah, much lately. And that is a fine uh, answer as well. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, but there was one from uh, Derenick Bird who tweeted, Khalifa Browder allegedly stole a backpack at 16, spent three years at Rikers Island without trial. Riley Williams stole a laptop from Speaker Pelosi's office and tried selling it to the Russians. She was released to her mother. Um, if you don't know the story of Khalif Browder, he killed himself not too long. Um, I believe after he was released from prison, he spent three years without going to trial. It was pretty tragic. Yeah. And so sweet by saying there are two justice systems in America, Black Lives Matter. Um, and I read that to you just because, you know, uh, I think as we talked about at the beginning of the show, there's a lot of people who are like, a new day, we're back to normal. We can all relax. Yeah. Uh, our normal was better before Trump. It was far from perfect, and so I don't want us to just go back to quote yeah. unquote normal. Ignoring it, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, truly. Like it's like, well, she looks like Daria. 
So then maybe we'll go easy. It's like she tried to sell the speaker's laptop to Russia. Whatever. I mean, this exhausting. is this is why like that whole insurrection shit was doubly exhausting, especially for people of color in this country. Because you're like, okay, here we go, and watch yep. them watch them flex their whiteness to the point of like Woo, watch waltzing it into the Capitol. I'm like, oh. mm. crazy. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray, and also uh, 420 Day Fiance. Just talking 90 Day Fiance. Like, complete antithesis of the news mm. uh a tweet that i like uh you know uh christy yamaguchi main nudged me say hey, hey you might like this tweet and i looked at it i said okay let me see what this is and this is from chipped front teeth at chipped front teeth uh <laughs> and it's like a like um screen cap of like a wikipedia page for ambassador of the united states to jamaica and you go down, it's Chet Hanks since January 21st, wow. 2021. I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> Chet Hanks, yeah. <laughs> go off. Go off. <laughs> the Hanks mandem. Big them up. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, a tweet I've been enjoying. Ellie Kramendahl uh, had a couple of tweets I've been enjoying. One, she just reminded us that when the celebs made the Imagine video, we'd been inside for a week, uh, which was shocking to me. I, I didn't realize that. Uh, and she also tweeted, the idea of a, quote, cheat day is so dumb. I'll cheat on my husband whenever I want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ken Clippenstein tweeted Buttigieg going outside wearing oven mitts in hopes of becoming a meme. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, and then this is just a good idea. At low underscore lifer tweeted, it would be cool if you could just get a cup of hot broth the way you can coffee, um, which I know you can in some places, but like as omnipresent as that. Um, and then... That's fine. That's fine. That'll do. Uh, Oh, and then Steph McCann tweeted, Oh, is my iCloud storage full? Grow (laughs) up. (laughs) Grow up. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on Miles. What are we riding out on today? Uh, Let's go out on this remix um, of a Conan Moccasin track. It's called I Want Troll With You. But it's the Gentle Dom remix, and it's just so, like, Conan Moccasin's, like, psych pop funk that he does is so dope and very soothing. Um, And this remix is, like, soothing plus got the funk to it. So, I don't know. Whatever you got to do, secure your big toe because it will jump up in your boot when yeah. this track starts playing. So if, if you're fine with a wild big toe, then go ahead and just do your thing. But if not, secure the toe, secure the hips. Don't put too much honey in them because this track will get you moving. You better have honey in your hips before you turn the song on. Because <laughs> yeah, or yes, gonna be, and we're not responsible for any yeah. hip injuries that occur from not or free honey injuries. You yeah. might want to just loosen loosen your shoes loosen that or big take toe. them off. Yeah. yeah, put a sandal on. Yes. 
Uh, a sandal is a good idea. Uh, you can find us. We already did that. Uh, all right. We are going to ride into the week on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it. For this morning, we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.